Man, it's awesome to be in the house of the Lord that Jesus is doing amazing things. You know where we're going. Open your Bible to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 1. Hold your place there. Ushers, you can serve the people the second offering. And we are going to get into the precious word of God this morning. As we do, the Lord is going to touch you in a special way. Man, I was on the phone with my dad the other day. And uh, my dad, he's a Presbyterian minister. And uh, as the Lord talked about... Uh, as he talked about the Sermon on the Mount, you know, he had the people on his heart. He had the people on his heart. And uh, he wasn't, the Lord never talked about religion at all. He always talked about relationships. So my dad's kind of into religion a little bit. And when he brings this subject up, one of the things I always say is, Dad, I don't want to talk about religion. I can't stand religion. I don't want to have anything to do with it. And he doesn't quite get it. I, I say, Dad, listen, it's not about religion. It is about a relationship with the King of Kings and a living God. It's about relationship with Jesus. So Jesus, as he got into the Sermon on the Mount, he was not only talking about the inward condition of the born-again believer, how we are supposed to be, what our attitude is supposed to be like as a born-again believer on the inside as he shared these wonderful Beatitudes, but he was also contrasting and talking against religion. And I'm here to tell you at CCWC, we don't want to have anything to do with religion. Can you say amen today? We want to have everything to do with Jesus Christ and relationship with Jesus Christ because religion isn't going to do anything for you. Now, as Jesus shared this wonderful Sermon on the Mount, guess who he had on his mind? He had all of the people on his mind. You just saw in the video there, there were many people around. And not only that, there was a lot of them, but they were common people. How many common folk do we have in here today? I'm here to tell you with all of my heart that Jesus loves you very much. And uh, listen, these people at the time of Jesus Christ, they had it very difficult in life. They had a very hard life. If you think you have it rough, get some perspective. These people literally live their average life span was about 45 years old. That's all they made it to in life. And you're saying, why is that, Pastor Tony? Listen, there were many diseases that were happening at the time of Christ, and there was no cure. How many people know, though, the only cure was Jesus himself for those diseases? There were many diseases that took people's lives. There were many wars that took people's lives, and they were literally involved in slave labor, building the cities of the Roman Emperor Tiberius at the time. So these people had it very rough in life. It does bring perspective when you think of a young girl named Mary getting married at 13 years old. You're going, why would she get married so young? How many people know if you're going to make it to 45 years old and that's about it, you had better get on with life. And everybody said, Amen. So they had it difficult at this time. And not only did they have it difficult physically, but spiritually and emotionally, they had it very difficult as well. The religious leaders of the day, I'm going to talk about them in just a moment, they taught the people, they taught the common people that they were going to heaven, the religious leaders were going to heaven, and everybody else was going to hell. They taught them this. They literally taught them that they were created to be fuel for the fires of hell. Could you imagine living with that mindset? But 
Jesus came on the scene. How many people love that? In a Kairos moment in time. What does that mean? It means in God's timing, Jesus intersected. God Almighty intersected the affairs of mankind, and he came on the scene, and he completely changed everything in one single word. You know what that word was? It was blessed. It was blessed. And the, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was radical. Now, there were different religious leaders at the time. There were scribes, and you see that Jesus was battling the scribes constantly. They were legislators. They not only developed the law and made laws, but they also passed sentences in the courts, and uh, they were scribes. There was no uh, separation of church and state. There were Pharisees. You see them in the Scriptures many times, and they were not fair, you see. But the word literally means separate. It literally means separate because they took the law of Moses to the max, and they labeled everything and everyone unclean. Everyone was excluded. How many people know that religion does that every time? It excludes people. It pushes them away. We don't want to push people away at CCWC. We want to lift up the magnet of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and draw people in. Can you give the Lord praise? Come on, second service. There was another sect of the Jews named the Sadducees. I don't want to be a Sadducee because they were very sad, you see. And that they did not believe that there was a resurrection from the dead. Oh, I'm here to tell you, I believe in a resurrection from the dead with all of my heart. I do, I believe it. Can you imagine what's going to take place one day? One day, Gabriel, the archangel, he's going to get on that trumpet, and he is going to blow that horn, and we're going to hear it. We're going to see it. The clouds are going to be pulled back. The heaven is going to open, and we are going to be raised again from the dead. It's going to be an amazing thing. The Bible says in the twinkling of an eye, we are all going to be changed, and our bodies are going to be resurrected. We're going to get a new body, one that's not fat anymore. Can you praise the Lord today? Come on, praise Jesus. It's going to be awesome. There is a resurrection from the dead. All these were religious leaders at the time of Jesus. And the Lord used this word blessed. Oh, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed if you follow me. And this word literally means like somebody who's already in heaven. Can you imagine the ears of the people that were listening their thinking was they were going to hell. They were created to be fuel for the fire of hell. And Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers because you will be called the sons of God. In one moment of time, in this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus changed everything. And all of a sudden, people had hope and relationship in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can you give him praise, second service? Come on. Man, that's good news today. And then he turned the tables on the scribes, Pharisees, and Sadducees. And the key verse to really understanding this passage of Scripture is Matthew 5.20, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Wait a second, Jesus, what did you say? They're not going, and we can go. Everything was turned around in a moment of time. How many people have ever had a religious experience? Maybe you grew up in a religious church I grew up in a religious church. I told you a little bit earlier, my dad was a Presbyterian minister. Are there any Presbyter former Presbyterians in the house? 
One. I see one. Wow. Two. Praise the Lord. Three. We're getting up there. Well, we lovingly refer to the Presbyterians as the frozen chosen. The frozen chosen. And uh, I will tell you, so I was, grew up three, three services. My dad pastored three small churches. And uh, the worship service is why they're called the frozen. The worship service. Because during the worship service, your feet are to remain glued to the ground at all times. There will not even be so much as one toe tap to the beat of the music in the frozen chosen service. During the worship service, your hands are to remain glued to your sides at all times as well because there will not even be so much as one hand raised to the Lord or one hand clap given to the Lord in an offering and a praise offering to Jesus. They are completely frozen. Your lips are allowed to move a little bit along with the old lady playing the organ. They are completely frozen. How many people know that doctrine also makes a difference? It makes a huge difference. They believe that they are chosen because they take Romans 8.29 to the max. They take it to the max. What does Romans 8.29 says? It says, for he whom he foreknew, he did also predestine to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Now, they get foreknowledge confused with choice. Turn to the person next to you this morning and say, you have a choice. Does God know who will get saved and who will not get saved in this life? He knows everything. He knows who will get saved, and He knows who will not give their heart to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But that does not eliminate your choice. God made you a free moral agent, and you have a choice to make this morning. You can choose to serve Jesus Christ, and if you do, He will give you a fulfilling life, and you will have a place in heaven when you die, and you lay down this body, you will go to heaven, or you can reject Christ. It is your choice. It's your choice. You see, they get foreknowledge confused with choice. I would not serve a God who chooses who goes to heaven and chooses who goes to hell. They believe that they're chosen and that God does 100% of that and that they have no part in it whatsoever so they don't go out and evangelize and they don't tell people about Jesus because they are the chosen. Now this was my experience in the Presbyterian church that I went to for all of those years. How many people know that doctrine makes a difference? Those that are saved, he predestined them to be conformed to the image of his son. Take a deep breath right now, second service. This is going to be awesome. He has begun a work in you the moment you got saved and you got born again. Don't get discouraged with your sin. I believe with all of my heart that he is at work in your heart and your life right now, and he is going to complete that work that he started in you. And one day, one day you are going to be completely victorious in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and your character and your nature is going to resemble Jesus. Can you give the Lord a praise offering, second service? Come on, give him praise. 
there's a few good Presbyterian churches out there today. There's a few good ones out there. Now, people believe that they're saved because of religion. Let me describe it for you and break it down for you. Religion is a system of rituals, of good works through which men try to earn salvation. I think I'm going to heaven because I was baptized, because I made my first holy communion, because I graduated from Sunday school, or because I was born in a Christian country, or because I'm a Presbyterian Catholic, or because I go to Calvary Chapel Worship Center. I'm here to tell you something. Man, going to church does not make you a born-again believer. People think they're going to heaven because they did good deeds, helped an old lady cross the road, became an Eagle Scout because of piety, self-denial, because I'm an important person with an important position in this life. I'm here to tell you, none of those things make you a born-again believer. Can you praise the Lord? It's not true. There's only only one thing that makes you a born-again believer. Man, I love this quote. Billy Sunday said this, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than standing in your garage makes you a car. There's only one way to get saved. Can you praise the Lord this morning? And it's through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It has nothing to do with religion. Man, religion, it focuses on the outside. How many people know our God, he's completely concerned with what is on the inside? Turn to the person next to you today and say, you're beautiful on the inside. Man, I love going grocery shopping. How many people like going grocery shopping? I go grocery shopping with my wife. And that's kind of difficult sometimes, you know. It's like the handcuffs. Budget handcuffs, diet handcuffs. I don't know about you, but my favorite aisle in the grocery store, can you guess what it is? It's the one with the potato chips and the soda. It's my favorite aisle. I was shopping the other day. I started to turn down that aisle. I heard a voice behind me, nope. I can't even go down there anymore. I mean, all the major food groups are represented, and you got sugar, salt, grease, carbohydrates, caffeine, every one of them right there, food groups. Man, I love potato chips. And uh, have you noticed something, though? The, the bags of potato chips have gotten bigger. The bag's gotten bigger. It's gotten bigger. Companies are shrinking the size of their product while increasing the size of their packaging. Marketing experts argue that consumers are more sensitive to price changes than they are to size changes, so companies can get away with less quantity, larger packaging, and higher prices. So now when you buy a bag of chips, if you open one lately, they're hard to get open. And when you do, you're poof. You're buying a giant bag of air with a little bit of chips in the bottom of it. Open that thing and look down in there. Oh, what a ripoff, man. I, I can't believe it. Saying, what are you getting at, Pastor Tony? Listen, our community is looking for something real. Man, you got to be full of Jesus. You got to be full of the Word of God. You got to be full of the Holy Spirit. It's my prayer for CCWC and its people that we will walk in the supernatural in this community and turn this place upside down with the love of Jesus Christ as we show it to people. 
Listen, you just simply can't be a big bag of air with no substance. You have to be real in their, our community. Let me ask you another question. Who did the Lord declare war on? He did declare war on some people. Was it the smokers? Did he declare war on the smokers? I always see a few smokers out, out, out front of the church. When I walk up, they, they like get rid of that thing pretty quick somehow, you know. It's okay. I'm so glad they're here. I'm so glad they're here. You know, cigarette smoking, won't, it won't take you to hell. It'll make you smell like you've been there, but it won't take you to hell. So it's a forgivable sin. Who did Jesus declare war on? Did he declare, declare war on prostitutes, tax collectors, cheaters? Did you think there were gay people around during the time of Christ? There were in Sodom and Gomorrah. Did he declare war on them, drinkers, addicts, liars? Did he declare war on angry people? I'll tell you who de declared war on. It was the scribes, Pharisees, and Sadducees. This is Matthew 23:27. Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly. Again, I said he's concerned with what's on the inside. But inside you're full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. People of God, again, I want you to fill yourself with the precious Word of God. Fill yourself with faith. Fill yourself with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Fill yourself in your time with worship. Fill your time with serving Jesus. Fill your mind with good things and thinking about the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? You're going to be real. You're going to be genuine. You're not going to be a big bag of air with a little bit of chips in the bottom of it. Religion destroys hope. It does. Ultimately, we're not going to make it to heaven on our own works, but that's exactly what religion says. You can make it on your own works. Religion glorifies man. I'm here to tell you, we're not going to glorify a man at CCWC whatsoever. A few years back, I went to uh, St. Pat's Cathedral in New York City, and it was a very interesting experience. One of the things I, I noticed was that the pulpit was like 10 feet up in the air. You know what? This uh, platform's up a little bit so people in the back can see clearly, and, and I'm comfortable up here, but I would not be comfortable 10 feet up in the air in a pulpit. I'm telling you. It just is weird because this is what is happening. It's lifting up a man, and it is glorifying a man. I'm here to tell you that when we glorify a man, we push people away. Here at CCWC, we're not going to glorify any man. We are going to lift Jesus up. And when we lift Jesus up, what does the Bible say? When we lift Jesus up, it says this, John 12, 32, and if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. When we glorify the King of kings and the Lord of lords, guess what's happening? We are going to attract people from all walks of life, all religions, all races, and they're going to come in and they're going to give their heart and their life to Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord. Give him praise. Verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Do you know what it means to be poor in spirit? Turn to the person next to you and say, you are poor in spirit. Whether you realize it or not, you are poor in spirit. 
You are spiritually bankrupt. You're not going to make it on your own. You can't get yourself into heaven. It is a good thing when you realize that you are poor in spirit. Many people are in churches for many, many years, service after service, and they don't realize that they're poor in spirit. They're still thinking that they can work their way into heaven. I'm here to tell you, we can't work our way into heaven at all. It is the free gift of God. It is by the grace of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's but what he did on the cross that we get into heaven. Can you say amen? Verse 4 and verse 5 describe our attitudes, how they are supposed to be towards our sin. You got to check your attitude. Verse 4 and verse 5, blessed are those, those who mourn. Verse 5, blessed are the gentle or the meek, they shall inherit the earth. They describe that our attitude towards sin, towards sin. I'm here to tell you, listen, there are areas of sin in my life. How many people have an area of sin in your life? Let me see your hand and your feet, your hands. There's still areas of sin in our lives. And it is a process. The Lord is working on those things. How many people know? It's true. He's working on those things. Sometimes we are delivered instantaneously from those things. Most of the time, it is a process. Day by day, we are grinding it out, and we're living our life for the Lord. We are learning lessons. The Word is permeating our heart and our spirit, and we're growing a little at a time. Most of the time, that is the way it is. Should we be patient with people that don't get it right away? Absolutely yes and amen. We got to be patient with them, and we got to love them along the way. Can you give the Lord praise? But... But my attitude is I'm not okay with my sin. I'm not okay with it. I'm not rationalizing it away. I, I'm sick of it. I, and, and I'm mourning over my own sin, Lord. I, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, get this garbage out of me because I don't want anything to separate me and you. If there's something that can separate you from God's blessing, God's favor, it is sin. So we need to mourn over our own sin. And verse 5, it talks about submission. Blessed are the gentle, blessed are the meek. It talks about submission. Why are we to submit? This is the truth. When you submit, you get more freedom. You can make a rap out of that. When you submit, you get more freedom. What the enemy tells us is when we submit, we are more restricted. But it's not true. The principle in the precious Word of God is when we submit to God's Word, we are released into more responsibility, more freedom in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So this is talking about submitting to the Word of God. If the Word says that this is sin, we are to agree with it and we're to say, yes, Lord, I think the same way you think. I accept your word. I submit to it. I apply it to my heart. I act on it in my life. And you are a meek and a gentle person. And you are going to inherit the earth. Can you give the Lord praise? Come on, submit to the word. Verses 6, 7, and 8 talk about our attitude towards the Lord. Our attitude towards the Lord. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Are you still hungry for Jesus? Are you still hungry for the Lord? Man, I, I've been saying, I can't, I, I, I forget how many years I got saved in 1982. Do the math, 30 something years at this point. And listen, I haven't lost my, I've had times where there's been some valleys. I've had times where there have been some mountaintop experiences. That is normal, but I haven't lost my passion. I haven't lost my fire. I'm still standing on the precious word of God. I'm still serving Jesus, and that's just the way it's going to be until I draw my last breath. Can you? give the Lord praise. Come on. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be satisfied. This describes our attitude towards God as well. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. God has treated you with mercy. He's treated you with mercy. Man, I was driving on 19 the other day, and uh, I was, I'm a very courteous driver. I was driving on 19. I let this guy cut in front of me, you know, just being nice because I knew he had to get over. And he flipped me an obscene gesture, and I wanted to go back away from mercy and go back to an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth and just give him the right hand of fellowship. You know what I'm talking about. But I said, okay, flesh, no, 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 no. Down, flesh, down, down. I'm going to show that person the mercy of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Why should I do that? How has God treated us? Oh, man, we have been treated with great mercy. We are not getting what we deserve. Oh, man, that's exciting, isn't it? We're not getting the penalty for all of our sins. Listen, you can count up my sins. I will tell you what the penalty for all of those sins, and there are many, is it is eternity in hell. I am not getting what I deserve, but in its place, oh, it just keeps getting better with Jesus. Can you say amen? In its place, not only am I not getting what I deserve, I'm getting a great gift. I am getting grace and on top of mercy. And that grace, this is what it looks like. It looks like eternal life in heaven with the King of kings and the Lord of lords in the presence of God Almighty and in the presence of the angels. Can you give the Lord praise? Oh, if he's treated me based on this principle, grace and mercy, I need to show others the same treatment, even if they cut me off on 19 and everybody said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. It's so simple to understand this one. Sin will separate you from God. It will separate you from God. Now, if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, I want to explain this thoroughly. You will be completely separated from God for all eternity. Now, if you are a born-again believer and you are saved, your sin in general, it has been completely washed away. It has been taken care of, and you have a place reserved for you in heaven. But here and now, listen, your sin can keep you from a blessing that God wants to give you. 
Your sin can keep you from realizing a new level of ministry in God. Your sin has consequences in this life here and now. How many people do not want to experience the consequences of sin in this life? I don't want to experience that at all. I want to experience everything that God has for me. So work on that sin. Can you praise the Lord and get it out of your life? Give him praise. Oh, can you imagine the common people that Jesus was talking to in the Sermon on the Mount? He was talking to his disciples when they heard this, Blessed are the peacemakers, they shall be called sons of God. You know their ears perked up and said, What? We can go to heaven? We can be called sons of God? We're, we're going to be his children? That is awesome. You can be saved today. You can know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. He has given us the good news of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now we are to shod our feet with the preparation of the gospel and we're to hit the streets and we're to tell people about Jesus and everything that he's done for us. No going inward at CCWC. We got to go outward and tell people about Jesus. Get it closed with this last one, verse 10 and verse 11. This is our attitude towards the world. It says in chapter 10, Blessed are you when men cast insults you and persecute you on Facebook. Because that's how it goes down today. Now I'm here to tell you, listen. We are to be in the world, but we are not to be of it. No isolation here at CCWC. No isolation. I mean, Christians tend to go to the Christian coffee house and then tend to go to the Christian grocery store and then take their kids to the Christian school and then live in church. And I'm here to tell you, if that's our lifestyle, nobody is ever going to get saved. Can you say amen? You know what they call that? Us four and no more. The secret society of the saints, the holy huddle. Listen, no holy huddle here at CCWC. We have to have an outward focus in everything that we do because people are what's important to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Put your hands together and give the Lord praise. <laughs>